Greetings and welcome to the Power for Positive Living podcast. My name is James Huey. I facilitate friendships, personal growth, education services, and also serve as host for these podcasts, offering openness and caring through the gift of listening hospitality. I invite you to join me here on Friendship Podcast Radio as we explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life, power for positive living, and friendship. Here on Power for Positive Living, a significant part of wellness psychology and personal growth is learning about ourselves. We seek to better understand the real person we are behind the facades we choose to build to guide our interactions with others and ourselves. An emotional facade as we use it is the series of attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, feelings, history, values, etc. as we present ourselves to other people. We filter our interactions as we talk with others in our world, as well as those self-talks that we all have with ourselves. The type and strength, I believe, of our personal emotional facade depends on our history and our perceptions of how we choose to see our world. So we say that whatever type of facade we build, the strength of that facade that we build depends on our own personal history and how we perceive to see the world in which we live. It is formed by the choices we each have made and will continue to make each day for our lives. We all have various facades. We do not choose to have them or not have them. Our choice, as I see it, is to understand the facades that we have and make choices on how we wish to manage it. Sometimes I make the analogy of understanding our facade with the wearing of physical clothing to make it clearer and easier for many individuals to understand. Clothing is one way we protect ourselves from the world in which we live. We frequently use clothing to communicate a portion of our attitudes and our feelings as well as protect us from the physical elements. Clothing has lots of uses in our world. Clothing by itself is not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's basically a tool we choose to interact with ourselves and others. Physical nudity without clothing is not either right or wrong, good or bad. Like our emotional facade, clothing acts as a filter. It serves as a function in our lives. How we use our clothing is our choice. Not everyone that we have in our world is comfortable with emotional nudity or even physical nudity. Some people prefer not to uncover to any significant degree for anyone. Continuing the analogy of clothing and our emotional facade, we use each of them to meet our perceived needs and wants. It is not a choice whether we have physical nudity or emotional nudity. We have both because we are human. 
the same thing for facades. It is not whether we have the facade, but what type of facade we choose to use. When we are in a very cold and harsh environment, we want lots of protective clothing. If the climate is very warm and safe, we tend to wear less clothing with even nudity appropriate in some situations. Well, the choice for what we wear for clothing is ours. Wearing clothing and having an emotional facade is encouraged by our world. Our world does not really give us too many options on whether we do or do not have clothing or whether we have facades. They encourage us to have both. Few appreciate viewing physical or emotional nudity without any options for them. So we tend to have both. Just for protection from weather elements, we as individuals tend to respond differently. For example, I tend to wear a jacket all year long. In the winter, I do not want to be cold from the weather. In the summer, I wear a jacket as an adjustment to the cold. I feel since it's so much of my environment here in the South makes heavy use of air conditionings. And yet while I am wearing jackets, other people are wearing shorts. Another example of individual differences. Clothing also allows us to make a personal statement about ourselves by the use of color, style, etc. For example, I may wear a blue jacket. If I were to learn that you, you do not like blue for some reason, doesn't matter what, but if you don't like it, I am able to change to a color that you do like. After all, I remember that I live in a society where being liked is a mighty powerful force in the lives of most people. Yes, our world does have people who believe that everyone should pay attention to their beliefs about clothing and their perceptions of how emotional facades should be built. As I've been talking about physical clothing, I believe that the same is true with developing and maintaining our personal emotional facade. Many individuals build heavy emotional protection for themselves since they perceive that they are unsafe being open emotionally with others, just like they would not wear shorts if they went to North Canada in January. I know individuals whose personal protection of their feelings is so high and so strong that it would make the Great Wall of China seem to be a very weak structure. This is their belief. It is not whether it is too cold or too warm emotionally. It is their belief about whether it is too cold or too warm and how much protection is needed to protect themselves emotionally in that environment. One does not get to know people with high defenses when they are well protected and their defenses are strong. At least the sad part to me is that often these are the same individuals who cannot really get to know themselves. They can't know themselves since they're self-taught, that conversation that we all have with ourselves. But these people's self-talk is often filtered through the very same defense system that they use for protection from other people. Other individuals construct open systems open systems that allow them to safely and effectively relate with others and themselves. If I make the analogy back with clothing, I call it the layered approach. 
When it's hot, you take off many of your clothing barriers and defense mechanisms. And when it's cold and threatening, you bundle up for the rough ride. But other people allow themselves to be very open and feel comfortable being open. They like people to know them, and they are usually interested in knowing others below the surface of their facades or emotional clothing. As you know, on this program, I believe that most people fall somewhere in between. I am a strong believer in the concept of degrees, as the area of facades certainly does fall into that in many components. Facades protect people if there is an emotional winter. They can also open themselves up during an emotional summer, just like the concept of layering that I just mentioned. And in a few situations, they benefit from emotional nudity. I believe that the key point is that no facade position, no particular structure or type of facade is good or bad by itself. We as human beings get to choose what works for us as individuals. We have the power of choice, and it is for us as individuals, the individual human being that we are. about facade development and management that I'd like to share with you during this particular podcast. I believe, for example, that early in life, I, James Huey, just like every other human being, soon find out what I'm expected to be. I learn this from family and from peer groups. I soon learn that I am not expected to be as I am. I am to be what my parents and peer group want me to be. So I start the process of developing a facade. A facade so that I, as an infant and young child, can be safe and I can learn ways to please other people. Sometimes as I grow up, I may feel so safe that I risk taking myself out and expose myself as I truly am to others. Sometimes I'm accepted. Sometimes when I expose myself, I get hurt. Those times when I get hurt make an impression. I then tend as a young person to learn to hold up this facade and develop various facades to hold up much of the time that I am interacting with other people. The more I build this facade, the less other people really know me as the person I am. They know me as the person that my facade presents to them. And unfortunately, the less I really know about myself, the stronger and thicker and more complex the defensive system I have to protect me, the part of me that does not fit well with others. Eventually, maybe as I grow into childhood and adolescence, I sometimes realize that, you know, a lot of my energy is going to be spent holding up. My whole world is viewed as emotionally threatening. My goodness, I know as I go through the confusion of adolescence that sometimes the world can be downright unforgiving and unappreciative of the stresses and strains 
emotionally and physically that I may be experiencing. So my facade helps protect me from the hurts that others may have of how they think I should be. Not as I am, but as I should be. Unless I tend to be very safe, and if one is fortunate to be in a home or other situation where you can feel emotionally safe, I never let my facade down, for it might be too hard to pick up again whenever a threat appears. So sometimes I learn it's better to be always on defense, always be ready for the worst, not to expect the love, the warm fuzzies, the caring that can come from others without conditions, the ones who can accept me as I am, but the ones who have fallen in love with and maybe even value and appreciate my facade more than they appreciate me. Of course, as I continue to grow and you know, go through adolescence into adulthood, I find that my facade hurts me. I know it is to protect me from you and other people, but it also protects me from knowing myself. One of the things we've mentioned frequently on Power for Positive Living is that most of us go into adulthood with very little opportunities, very little time and energy spent on studying ourselves as we are. We spend a lot of time studying on how we should be and how others think we should be and how we ought to be, but very seldom about who we really are. Therefore, on Power for Positive Living, I believe that understanding and management of this facade, the understanding of what it is and the management of this facade is a major goal of self-study. Whatever method of self-study you were to choose for yourself, you will find eventually, I believe, that understanding and management of this facade is a major goal. There may be choices, there may be changes, but first we need to understand and then decide how we wish to manage this reality that does exist in our world. Many times I fool myself and believe that the facade is real. I remove part of my facade with the safety of a friend to find what is truly real for me. This is one of the joys of self-study. Finding out what is the real me behind the facades that I use to interact with my world. If I find with the company and assistance of someone that I am loved and accepted as I am without a facade, then I can really see myself and be in a position to grow. The more I grow, the less emotional and physical energy I use to hold up my facade and the less I need it for filtering my interactions with other people and with myself. Once again, like with clothing, we are not trying to emphasize that facades are good, bad, right, or wrong. They serve a function in our world, and one of the things that we can do for our own emotional mental health, I believe, is to understand the facades that we have, the protection systems that we have for interacting with other people and ourselves, and then make decisions on ways that work best for us as the unique human beings that we are. Now, I've mentioned that part of this study is finding it through the services of working with another person. 
Expanding one's personal facade is an example, an example of how the process of what I call personal retreating can effectively be used for learning about self. There are lots of ways you can do this, but personal retreating is just one that I have found over the last 30 years has been very effective for me and for many of the people who have shared their life journey along with letting me participate. Personal retreating is sometimes seen as similar to the process of spiritual retreating. In spiritual retreating, one enters a secluded geographical area and generally checks out from the commitments of daily living. He or she generally meets with a spiritual advisor for discussion of doing individual learning. They talk about such things as studying the structure of an individual religion and spend introspective time with prayer. Personal retreating, while also is a ministry, it is not a spiritual ministry. Personal retreat focuses on some of the emotional and psychological aspects of our lives. Being away from our everyday commitment and obligations, a person does check out for this period of retreat. When one is personal retreating, you meet with a friend who offers acceptance and encouragement for an individual to be themselves. A friend is defined here as someone who allows me to be me. How joyous it is to meet someone who is very comfortable with the idea and supports and encourages the opportunity for James to be James. And hopefully that I can offer the same gift in return. During personal retreating, we have homework. Homework is done basically to learn more about the emotional areas of interest to that specific person. We have commented many times, one size does not fit all. We here at Power for Positive Living believe very strongly in the power and uniqueness of individuality. During personal retreating, time is apportioned for self-reflection and for self-talk. The process as we use it frequently ends with the person and their friend developing a plan of action, something to be implemented when the individual leaves the retreat setting. It becomes something to be acted upon. One can decide to focus on one area in their personal retreat or include a variety within the time allotted. There is no one way to produce a positive retreat. Retreating is for learning, it's for experimentation, and it's for experiencing understanding self. It is not focused on psychopathology or curing anything. A retreat can be a focus of life that the individual chooses for him or herself. This is your host, James Huey, and I sure do hope that some of these comments that I've shared with you today will be helpful in you understanding your personal facade, the understanding of it, the choices you have to make in how it is implemented into your life. I hope that all that I shared during this podcast, as well as all the other podcasts, are received as a gift from me to you. Remember, I am completely committed to the idea of what works for you as an individual. 
I hope you can find some way to make personal life choices for your own positive lifestyle. A positive lifestyle is not going to come down and be imposed upon you. It is something you will need to create and build for yourself. As always, since I believe so much in the value of listening, I thank you for the kindness that you have given to me by listening to me on this podcast of Wellness Psychology. Your positive feedback sent via email is always appreciated. I hope you will plan to join me next week as we continue to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. Friendship.